Welcome to Blackhawks Insider, the official podcast of the Chicago Blackhawks, presented by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Drive what Kane and Taves drive. I'm Carter Bauman. Coming up on this week's episode, Adam Burrish and I look at how the Blackhawks can get back to their style of play after a down stretch. Stan Bowman's appointment as general manager of the 2022 U.S. Men's Olympic team. Plus, we take your fan questions for Burr and sit down with Dominic Kubelik to discuss his sophomore season. All that and more coming up right now on Blackhawks Insider, presented by your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealers. It's all about the drive. Everyone loves a hat trick. Well, your local Chevy dealer has a hat trick to get your attention. If you're in need of a new vehicle, but don't want to visit a dealership, check out Chevy's shop. Click and drive. Shop online 24-7. Take delivery at home. It's simple. It's seamless. It's smart. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to locate your Chevy dealer and schedule a test drive today. Shop, click and drive. Drive what Canaan Taves drive. Welcome to Blackhawks Insider. Carter Baum, Adam Burrish back with you once again this week. And Burr, I want to dive right into it. Uh, it, A big win, a big important win for the Blackhawks on Tuesday night over the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, really kind of washing the sour taste of a, a rough weekend against the Nashville Predators out of their mouth. Two losses against Nashville uh, coming off of you know what was we've talked about a difficult road trip through Florida, through Dallas recently. Uh, the common phrase, I think, over the last week or two, though, has been we have to get back to our game. That's kind of the, the rallying cry coming out of the locker room, if you will. I want to first get your thoughts on maybe what's been different over the last seven to 10 days with this group, what maybe that game they need to get back to, maybe where they've gotten away from, but also how Tuesday's game was maybe different than that and kind of getting back to that style and um, keeping a, a very powerful uh, team in Carolina, you know, allowing only one goal against and, and taking a three, one game. Yeah. We, we talked about it a week ago and a little bit of confidence issue. When you lose a couple games, you go on that Florida swing, you play some really good teams and don't come out with a lot of results. It, it hurts your confidence a little bit. Then you come back home. And I think as an athlete, uh, a lot of times you just want to, you just want to go and fix it fast. And sometimes when teams do that, you, you take chances. You're not playing as structured. You want to just get out there and get the lead, score a goal and score a goal the next shift. And sometimes, you know, Jeremy t- talks a lot about a process and, and doing things the right way consistently. And when you get away from that a little bit, when you're a team built for, for grit and grind and, and, and kind of slug it out and play a simple straight ahead game, when you, when you deviate from that a little bit is when you get in some trouble. As a team, I think that's what you saw, and and it, it, but it comes from a place of passion and guys wanting to do good and fix the problem, which is a, which is a good thing. And I think they got back to that then, um, the last game, and they were direct. This team plays really good when they're direct. They're playing fast. They're moving their feet, and they're not taking unnecessary chances. You know, getting pucks out of their zone, not turning pucks over. Um, as you've heard the guys say, oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're not going to, you know, outskill every team, but we've been doing it this year with hard work and some, and some gritty work defensively blocking shots and just being a straight ahead team. And when they get back to that and do it that way, they can beat anyone. I said a three, one game. It was a two to one game on Tuesday night, uh, a three, two loss to Nashville on Sunday, I think is where I was getting my numbers mixed up, but it's all right. Uh, we, we, you know, we all make mistakes, you know, rough, mm-hmm. we got all, big we all got to get back to our game at some point. Yeah. Big numbers for sure. Three, one, two, three, there we go. <laughs> uh, speaking of three, 
I think it's important to note that the couple games that have gone right during this stretch, uh, the Blackhawks are doing a much better job of closing out some of these games. I think in the last three wins, they've had a lead in the third period. They've been able to see that lead over the finish line, kind of close things out. The games they have dropped, they've kind of fallen behind earlier in the game and are playing catch up. Whereas maybe earlier in the season, a couple of weeks ago, we were seeing, you know, the team get out to a couple goal lead and then, oh no, things get interesting in the third. It seems more and more often that when this team gets out to a lead, especially in the third period, now three wins in a row uh, doing this, they're able to kind of hold on to that lead, close it out. And I think Tuesday night was a, a perfect example of that, you know, having a Carolina team that wanted to do nothing but get pucks to the net. And Chicago just kind of clogged up the middle. They didn't really allow many chances, only seven, seven shots on goal against in the entire third period and really kind of um, closed out the rest of that game, you know, without, uh, without much ado. Yeah. If you want to, for me, it was, if you want to just, you know, zone it in on maybe one little small thing or a player or two for me right now, it's, if you watch the end of these games, when it's a one goal game, it's Duncan Keith. And Connor Murphy out there, like if there's five minutes left, they're out there three and a half, it feels like, or four minutes of that last five minutes. And and good teams, they have that. They've got those shutdown guys. You think back to the three Chicago Cup teams, it was Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook out there the whole end of the game, just locking it down like you talked about. And now you got Connor Murphy that's taken this huge step this year that you just see him out there blocking shots, clogging the middle down, no errors. The last two years, you saw this team give up some some late leads and a tie, and then it goes into overtime. Maybe you win or lose in overtime, but it shouldn't have got there. And right now this team's doing such a good job of that. And, and you know, not, it's a team defense. And we talked to Connor last week, and and he he brought it up too, that the forwards are doing a better job this year too of committing to that. And Jeremy's kind of instilled that in this team. But it makes a big difference when you've got two guys that you can throw out there that love that moment. Duncan Keese loves being out there in the last minute when it's a one goal game and he just has that determination, they are not scoring when I'm out here. And now he's got Connor Murphy right next to him who, who is now taking on that passion and, and loves being out there. You can just see it. And the coaches just keep throwing those two guys out there. And, and when they're on, they're on. And um, I think that's been a big reason why they've been able to lock these games down. You talk about forwards playing behind, you know, two ways behind the puck. Can we talk about the, uh, the Alex to goal on Tuesday night? Uh, completely, Incredible job back-checking by Patrick Kane. Strips the puck in the slot of the offensive zone. Quickly finds Dabrinkit. Uh, just an absolute pickpocket from 88. Uh, skating from the corner to the center of the ice. The defenseman doesn't even see him trying to clear the puck. And uh, a goal right there. What turned out to be the game winner. Uh, completely off of a turnover and, and number 88 leading the way. And quickly finding the cat at the side of the door. Yeah, Kaner looked like old school Marion Hosa back checking, lifting and get picking a guy's pocket. And eighty one was one of the best at that. And then now eighty eight, his 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 back pressure has been incredible this year. The way he comes back and hounds pucks and and creates turnovers. And and he he talks about that when we can create turnovers and get the puck back, uh, we're doing better. And Debrinket's having a, a world class season. He's a superstar in the league right now. Uh, he is a, he is a pure goal scorer. He will. He is. If it was an 82 game season, he'd back. He'd be back to that 40 goal production level again. Um, he's a superstar, and guys in the league know that now. He's a guy that when you play the Blackhawks, you you know that you, you got to watch him. You got 88, and now you got 12 or the two forwards um, that are going to score every night. One of them is going to score, and they're probably going to have a couple points, and they're dangerous. And 
he's been so, so good this year. Uh, this, this is without a question for me, his best season as a Blackhawk so far. And his first two seasons were pretty incredible. So he's having a world-class start to the, or, you know, not a start, but a, a world-class season right now. That's quite the statement that you think it's his best season. And I would agree, especially when you consider last year, he's got 18 goals in 70 games a year ago. Here we are 30 some games for him into the season. Uh, and he just hit 19 uh, last night for the right. season in, in half as many games. I mean, a lot's been said about how off last year was for him, but you really think that he's he's playing his best hockey right now, Alex Dabrinkit is? I, I do. I think he looks more confident than he's ever looked. Um, I think he's getting more scoring chances than he's ever gotten. He looks faster than he ever has. Um, he was a guy that came into the league and you know, you wouldn't, you, you didn't really talk about his speed. It wasn't something that, you know, came out. It was his work ethic. It was his professionalism. It was his maturity. Um, it was the way he could shoot the puck on the one timer on the power play. Um, now you, you talk about his quickness and he looks fast. That goal he scored where he buzzed around the defenseman on the left side and he took a pass rink wide from Kaner and buzzed around the, the outside and cut it in and, took it to the back post and just dropped in an empty net. That's you have in the NHL to beat a defenseman like that. I don't care which defenseman you're playing against. If you want to beat a defenseman wide and cut it across to the back post, you got to have some speed and you got to be able to attack with some angles. And he's got that. And so I, I think he's got way more elements to his game now than he had, you know, two years ago. And I think he's playing his best hockey right now. You've already got, you know, the, the best American uh, active player, uh, and potentially all-time player in Patrick Kane on the roster. You've got Alex Dabrinkit making a name for himself. And, uh, you know, good news for those two. Not that Patrick Kane really needed it, but on Wednesday, Stan Bowman named the general manager of the 2022 U.S. Olympic roster. So you you imagine that he already has a ticket punched for Patrick Kane on that one. But Alex Dabrinkit getting to impress uh, Stan Bowman on a nightly basis, especially this season, uh, first off, Burr, I mean, what what does it mean um, for for Team USA and and Stan Bowman to have that opportunity going into an Olympic year next year, where uh, I know it was very important for the players to get back to the Olympics, uh, get that opportunity back uh, under their belt, and be able to go represent their country on uh, on an international stage. Heck yeah, that's it'll be really cool and and really well deserved for Stan. He's a he's a guy that's really well respected around the league and. Um, He's really good at, uh, he'll be really good at crafting this team, I think. I think he'll have a, a good idea. Um, you know, he's, I, I don't know the numbers on GMs in the league and how many of them have been with one team or been around as, as long as Stan has now. Uh, he's you know, still a young guy, but um, he knows players around this league really, really well. He's been around it a really long time. So I think he'll put a really good team together. And a, a lot of people in hockey right now, USA is, has got so many good young players. So he's going to have a big, great pool to choose from. Uh, it's not the veteran teams that you know they've had in the past. This is going to be a young, fun, explosive team to watch. And yeah, I think 88, Patrick Cannon, I think there's no question that he'll be there. And I think there's no question Alex Dabrinkit will be there too. I think you know, it, take Stan out of it. If he wasn't the GM of, of this Blackhawks team and picking his, any GM in the league, I think has taken Alex to bring it on this, on this Olympic team. I don't think there's any question. Um, you get a guy that can put up goals and, and be that dynamic. You have to put him on that team. And I think it'll be a fun U S team to watch with a lot of young superstars that are, that are now in the league. And, um, but I think it's great. I think it's really neat that Stan gets this chance and I think it's really well-deserved. How much do you think this maybe plays into uh, Stan's wheelhouse? I mean, all three cup teams that the Blackhawks had in, you know, starting in, in 2010, the one that you were part of, 
Stan made some moves towards the end of the season to really solidify those rosters, to really kind of put them over the edge, to make that final move. I mean, when you look at he's now got every American player in the NHL and even beyond in college, if he wants to go that route, he can kind of pick and choose that talent of who he wants. I mean, he's already got that keen eye already for what a roster needs, what maybe that last little one player, one move might be to make something like that happen. I mean, that's got to be a, a very envious position if you're Stan Bowman to kind of have your pick of the litter uh, of, of any American player that that you want to offer that opportunity to. Yeah, I think I think what'll be neat for him now, and you know, maybe the last couple Olympics, but there was probably a time when when U.S. wasn't as strong, um, you know, as, as as other countries or as Canada. Where now, I think this pool of young guys that have emerged. In the U.S., I, I think there's you know there's not a shortage of 20 guys you can pick on this team. Now it's a matter of which 20 do you pick, and because there's probably 30 or 40 that that have the should have the ability to play on this team, and which ones do you fit in for which roles? And I think Stan likes that. I think he's really good at it. That you know we've got 30 superstars to pick from. Do we need a couple role? Thir- which of these 30 superstars is going to be okay with playing on the third or fourth line? Which of these superstars is a better penalty killer? Which of these superstars is going to be okay not playing on the power play and um, character matters and and those type of things and I think he'll do a nice job of kind of evaluating that. Um, you know, I, I I have no idea how any Olympic stuff works. I was not, never even in a close consideration, um, but I do know when I when I hear them talk about it, um, when I hear my teammates that played in the Olympics talk about it, they talked about just that the depth guys and the guys that I mean, think about. I remember thinking Jonathan Taves was a was a third line center or something like that on one of the one of the Olympic teams in in ten or fourteen. Uh, he ended up at the end of the tournament, um, you know, I think leading the team in goals or having you know one of the best tournaments for all of Team Canada. But he he just accepted his role and worked and worked and worked and. That seems to be how you how you win those gold medals is just having a full roster of superstars that everybody buys in and and um, but I think that's why that tournament's kind of fun to watch and you see these superstars and how they how they fit into a into a different dynamic than they're used to. Well, it'll be fun. Uh, I think just under a year from now, the Olympics will be here. Stan Bowman leading the way for Team USA, but before he was named the general manager of Team USA. Stan Bowman doing a little bit of work at home uh, with the Blackhawks. They signed uh, college free agent Mike Hardman uh, on Tuesday uh, out of Boston College, a big, uh, you know, twice undrafted free agent, a big physical presence who can also score some goals. He was tied for second in BC for scoring this year with 10 goals, tied for third in points with 19 in, in just 24 games. Uh, but I got to talk to our good friend of the show, Mike Donaghy, yesterday. Just yeah. kind of getting getting his take on Mike Hardman. And I, I want to get your thoughts on this comparison or this um, trying to paint a picture for Blackhawks fans of what they maybe can expect from Mike Hardman. He said he's almost like a six foot two version of Brandon Hagel, someone who has that grit, mm-hmm. that drive, who can be a big power forward in there, but also kind of has the hands a little bit to make some plays. He can play with skilled players play that physical game, can be the setup man, can really do it all on both sides of the puck. And oh yeah, he's six foot two, 200 pounds and a big physical presence that uh, I think will fit in nicely on the Blackhawks roster, uh, if not this year in years to come. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest. I, I don't, I haven't seen him play. Uh, I, I really have no idea. Um, but if Mike, Mike Donaghy says it, I'm on. I'm on board with what he says. We got to get him back on here again too. He was great when we had him on here. He knows. You name a player, 
I, in the last 30 years up till present today in draft picks and probably the next two years of potential draft picks for the Blackhawks, he knows those players and he knows everything about them. He knows how they play. He knows their style. So if he says it, I'm on board with it. And I will say if he gets gives a comparison to Brandon Hagel right now, Blackhawks fans should be excited. And I wish I wish for Brandon Hagel and for Blackhawks fans that, that fans would be in the stadium. Now you can watch on home, but I can guarantee you when fans come back in, he will be a fan he will be a fan favorite for fans in Chicago with Brandon Hagel, the way he plays, his grittiness, his hard work, his style. He's got some offensive touch too. He's gonna start putting up points. Um, he's gonna be somebody that Blackhawks fans are gonna love to watch in person at the United Center. And if if Hardman is a, a clone of him, a bigger clone of him, sign him up today and he'll be a great Blackhawk and fans will love watching him too. So um, this is kind of a fun time of the year when they start picking off college kids and college kids start signing contracts and some of them make their way into the lineup. And, um, but it's nice to see that the pipeline for the Blackhawks uh, starting to kind of come into shape. Speaking of Mike Donaghy, I mean, I called him, you, you touched on how he can, uh, he can really talk about anyone and bring up any name across the country. I think we talked, we talked about Mike Hardman for five minutes and it was a 30 minute conversation. We just kept going on to new guys and different players. And uh, it was a great, great conversation. Uh, he actually brought up on his own, how he needed to be invited back to the show. I had to deal with a little bit of ribbing to start the call. Mm. Uh, as you, as you could imagine, you know, he, he really enjoyed his appearance on Blackhawks insider excited to get back. He was wondering maybe a little bit aloud of if this was the second time he was kind of, be, kind of being pushed off by by Adam Burrish, you know, not uh, not answering his calls or texts or, or anything like that. Back, <laughs> back to his college scouting days, but uh, <laughs> great guy, Mike. We'll get Donovan. you on here, Mike. We'll get you back here. We need. We'll you. get him back for sure. He's like like Burr said, just a great guy and uh, knows everything. Uh, that you need to know not only about the college game but uh, about the but the North American game as well. So so well versed in so many players, and uh, so he had a firsthand look at Mike Hardman quite a bit, being there based in yeah. Boston. Well, but I want to move completely to a different topic now because we've talked about the Blackhawks, we've talked about some signings. We opened it up on uh, social media a little bit this week. You know, we wanted to continue our, our recent theme of incorporating some some fan comments, some fan questions into the show. So we asked people, you know, what do you want to know from Adam Burrish? What do you want to know about him, about the team, about his insight, any of this? So I got a couple questions here from some fans. Uh, we'll rattle through them here one by one. We'll get to our guest, Dominic Kubelik, uh, here in just a minute as well. A great conversation with the second year forward, uh, Dominic Kubelik there. But people want to hear from Burr first, so we'll get uh, we'll put Burr on the hot seat before then we put Dominic on the hot seat. And I'm going to start with uh, Stephanie Kirshner, who uh, I don't know if you remember, Burr, but back last summer, NBC Sports Chicago had their Be Chicago fundraiser where they're you know, raising awareness and, and surprising a lot of frontline workers, a really great program that they put together. Stephanie was actually the nurse who got surprised uh, by Brent Seabrook by, with a virtual appearance over Zoom. Uh, she's a lifelong Blackhawks fan, um, obviously a lifelong Adam Burrish fan as well, because her very first question to use a, a very difficult one out of the gate she wants to know how's dad life, Burr? How's dad uh, life going? I, how's how's it going, especially during the pandemic? I mean, we've touched on it a couple of times that we haven't heard the uh, the insight from from Burr on what uh, what the new phase of your life has been like over the last what eight nine months is it now? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Stephanie. I do remember that with Brent Seabrook and Stephanie. It was pretty cool. So, but yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome. Uh, nine months now, and 
Um, yeah, it's, it's been neat. It's fun to see every, I'd say about every two weeks, they, they change a lot and they get a little more to be like a person, a little more personality and smiling. And it's little things that you're kind of rewarding when, when your daughter smiles at you, it's, it's so cool. And, um, the hardest part I'd say was the first, oh God, she's seven months of very little sleep every two hours waking up, but Carter, we're past that. Now we got full night's sleep. We get about <laughs> seven hours in a row. So it's, uh, it's pretty good. So that's been a nice change for my wife and I to be able to sleep through the night and get a little bit of rest. Um, that was the hardest part was just to sleep, but yeah, it's been, it's been really neat. It's been really, really fun. And, um, I guess if the one thing positive with having to kind of be home a lot, cause there's, you know, everything's closed is he, it, it was a nice time to spend time as a family when you have a, a new kid coming in and everything's new, everything's different, everything's just changed. And uh, we got to really do it together and we've had a lot of fun. Well, that's awesome. And it's glad to hear you're getting a full night's sleep now. Uh, I think everyone, any parent listening to the show knows what you're going through and know. Uh, celebrated that milestone as well, just, just <laughs> like I'm sure that you did. Uh, our next one comes in from Judy Dane and getting more back to the hockey side of it, but also maybe drawing on your parental wisdom now, your, your, wise, um, your wise teachings. Judy wants to know, what would you tell the rookies that you wish you had been told sooner? So many rookies on this Blackhawks team. What would you have, what would you, what wisdom would you instill on them that you wish maybe someone had told you early on in your career? I remember a couple of good pieces of advice that I had got. Um, one was show up to camp in incredible shape. Uh, that's your first impression you can make. First impressions matter. Um, you know, show up dressed like a professional and show up in the best shape of your life. And because when training camp starts, before you even go on the ice, you have your physical fitness testing. That's the first thing that this team and management get to see of you. How have you trained? How have you prepared? Being a professional, a lot of it is preparation and how you carry yourself. And so um, that was a really good piece of advice that I got that I would tell everybody is, is, is take your, your, your physical preparation before camp starts really seriously. And that's how you make a good impression. And then another, another, one, another one that I thought was kind of funny, but it, it made sense was, um, you know, when you're, when you're first at camp, you know, be early and stay late, obviously, but then be good to the training staff. And they're the ones that are there late that, you know, the general manager may come down and talk to when everybody's gone and um, pick up after yourself. Don't leave your clothes laying around. Keep your stall really clean. Don't leave tape around. Put your laundry in your bag and seal it and put it where it's supposed to go. And and those guys work long, hard hours. And a lot of times if if there are guys that are, you know, leaving a mess, they may, they may kind of quietly say something and that gets back to, you know, the coaches or whatever. And um, so, so treat those guys with a lot, a lot of respect also because they deserve it and they've got a tough job. And so those were a couple of things that always, I don't know why I, rem I remember all the, those little things like that, that people had told me that I thought really made a difference and, and I would pass those things along. Those backroom guys, those behind the scenes guys, really, they're the glue of the locker room. They, yeah. like you said, they know everything. And they have a bigger influence than I think a, a lot of people realize. If you treat those guys wrong, uh, you can you can go ahead and pack your bag. They won't even help you do it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Our next one comes from Nick. Uh, he's, you know, we're just about the two-thirds mark of the season. He already wants to kind of look back on where this team has come from. He said, looking back, you know, at the decision to go with three young goaltenders to start this year to kind of let the cream rise to the top, if you will, Looking back, has the goalie situation paid off this year for the Hawks uh, within the the framework of of trying to find that long term goalie, that next guy who can lead this team for for many years to come? I mean, I I think I know my answer, but you know he's asking Burr. So Burr, what do you think? 
Yeah, good question, Nick. I, I, I think it's been great. I think competition, when you don't have a, a bona fide number one guy or a guy that you know that you signed that, that here's our number one guy, uh, the competition's great. And it's going to pull somebody out and it's going to pull some competitiveness out of these guys and somebody's going to run away with it. And I think, you know, at the start of the year, um, you know, a lot of people talked about what's going to happen in net with this team. And you know, that, that has not been an issue. It's been zero issue in net all year. I mean, a couple games, but uh, that happens, right? Um, but I think both Subban and Kevin have been great. Um, I think they've they've done their job. They've done their part. Another big reason why this team is in a is in a playoff contention spot right now. So I think what what this team's done with the goaltenders, I think it's been just fine. Lots of praise, and you hear it after every single game, whether it's uh, whether it's Lanks as they call Kevin Lankinen or Subi as they call Malcolm Subban. Yep. They're always getting the praise after every single game. Lanks kept us in this one. Subi made some big saves. Everything's yeah, coming up. The goalies have been fantastic. Our last question uh, for Burr, it's, uh, it's a very simple one. Uh, Matthew wants to know, when will the Hawks be cup contenders again? Obviously, the uh, kind of retooling process is in place, the rebuild as it was called before the season started, well on its way. Adam Burrish, right now here on this show, when will the Blackhawks be back at the top of the of the mountain? No, I mean, I, I don't, yeah, it's a, it's a tough question. Um, I, I know what you're asking. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I, here's what I think. I think if you make the playoffs, you got a chance. And you look back at, you know, last year I looked back at Dallas, um, you know, halfway through the season, they were terrible, I think. I mean, they, their record was awful. They were out of a playoff spot. Next thing you know, they end up in the Stanley Cup Finals. Their starting goalie in Bishop is gone. Goldobin comes in, who's kind of been a, you know, a journeyman NHL guy. And, you know, he all of a sudden backstops them to the Stanley Cup Final. Like, come on. Um, I think back to, I think it was 2011, the LA Kings were terrible all season. Um, kind of what's up with this team. They end up winning the Stanley Cup. So you, you make the playoffs, you get hot at the end of the year. Who knows? I mean, the way this team has played, you know, are they gonna, are they a cup favorite? No, you know, I, of course not. But the way they're playing, if they can get hot, could they get to the finals? And then you get to the finals and it's a coin flip. Who knows? Yeah, I think, you know, it could happen. So are they a cup contending favorite right now? No. When will they get there? I, I don't know. But I think if they make the playoffs, they're going to scare somebody. I don't think anybody wants to play against this team right now in the first round. If they get hot and they, they come into the playoffs with some momentum and get on a win streak, they're a tough team to play against. I think they'll get tougher as their young guys play more, as they add a couple young pieces. They've got some salary cap room now to start adding some free agents. Um, this team, I'll say this, this team is a lot closer now than I think anybody thought they would have been six months ago. So they're on a, they're on a good path right now. A big step, and uh, you you close that up, close that one out better uh, than I think anyone ever could have the the perfect way to tie off that question, and uh, that'll do it for our Ask Burr questions this week. Burr, I hope uh, hope none Oof. of those were too hard hitting for you. We'll get right. you some water, get you rehydrated. Uh, but while you're doing that, we'll go ahead and toss it over to Dominic Kubalik, who. Uh, is having an incredible season yet again. Not the 30-goal scorer of last year, Burr, but I think we're seeing him maybe a little more well-rounded, Dominic Kubelik, and what he's doing under, I think, the uh, more intense microscope of what other teams know he can do this season is even more impressive than than his rookie year. Still putting up the same number of points, having some more assists. He dives into that a little more, but Burr, before we toss it to him, just really quick, I mean, what are you seeing from Dominic Kubelik this year with a lot of guys, a lot of opposing teams zeroing in on him as the guy to uh, to shut down with his big shot? 
Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. He, it's it's his total production is better this year than it was last year. I think he looks more confident. Um, he's a guy that teams that, that you got to put one of your top sets of defensemen out against him because when he gets a puck and you just give him a second, he can snipe it. So he's been another young guy that's taken another step and a fun player to watch for this team. Hand. Able to fight his way ahead. His feet picked out of midair. What a play by Horsling at the Florida defense. But now it's taken by Hagel. He drives. Looking at center. Kubelik. He scores! Dominic Kubelik. A great setup by Brandon Hagel. And the Blackhawks strike first. Dominic Kubelik joining us now. And uh, Dom, it feels like you're still relatively new to the Blackhawks organization, at least time-wise. You're in the middle of your second season, but believe it or not, you you hit 100 games played in the NHL just last week, uh, 105 after Tuesday night's game. It's Time flies. Uh, I, I just have to ask you, I mean, does it feel like you've played 100 games yet? Do you really feel like uh, it's been that long a time that you've been part of the organization, part of the NHL? Uh, not at all. Uh, remember my first first in Prague, you know, it's, uh, it feels like it was yesterday. So, so, uh, like you said, time flies so, so quick. And, uh, obviously it's a huge number, you know, hundred games, but, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, a lot quicker right now with the schedule we got this year. So, uh, the, you know, there is a, so many games in just a couple, a uh, couple of days. So, so, uh, yeah, it feels great to have, you know, hundred games in my belt. So, so, uh, uh, that's great, but Hopefully there's uh, a lot more. The last few weeks you've been putting up serious, serious points. And every year it just seems like you, you look at the score sheet, you're on it every night. I remember when I was playing, I'd ask the, the the top scorers, which you certainly are in the NHL now, every game, do you feel like you can score in Kane and Taves and Sharp and Hosa? These guys would, yeah, every game we feel like we need to score. Is that how you feel now? Every time you go into a game, do you feel like, I should score a goal tonight. Obviously, there is a couple couple of days when uh, you know when you're not uh, in your best and uh, you're just trying to do uh, whatever you can to uh, to help the team. And uh, uh, but most of the times, you know, you go you go out there and uh, you believe yourself that you're gonna score or you're gonna help the team like that. So so uh, I know that's that's kind of my um, my role on the team. So. So I'm just trying to do my best, and uh, uh, especially with me, I'm just trying to shoot everything I can. So, so uh, let's uh, you know get the percentage high. That uh, if you don't shoot, you're not gonna score, right? So, so that's kind of my uh, you know mentality. So, so I'm just trying to put everything to the net, and uh, I believe that uh, my shot is uh, is alright. That the puck's gonna go in. Is there a number uh, every game that you try and hit? I, I remember I would ask guys that too, and they would say five shots a game is something on net that you've got. Is there a number for you or no? Is it just your mindset to shoot the puck? I think it's just my mindset. But uh, obviously when you look at the sheet after the game and there's uh, one shot or, or you know two shots and you know that those two shots were just like when you just kind of like make a face off or something like that, uh, you don't feel that you played a good game. So uh Obviously, for me, it's much better when I got, let's say, three, four, five scoring chances, and I, I know that those shots were, uh, you know, scoring chances. So that uh, makes my, you know, confidence, confidence a lot higher. And uh, uh, yeah, I'm trying to take advantage of it. Obviously, last year in your rookie season, you made a lot of headlines, especially towards the end of the year, as you kind of found your own, hitting 30 goals, being a finalist for the Calder Trophy. Everyone kind of looked at your shot and how many goals you were scoring, and just like Burr was saying, being able to score kind of at will. 
this season you don't have as many goals, but what's I think more impressive to me is you're finding more and more assists. You have more points, I think, per game this season than you did last year, but it's uh, some of them are coming with assists and, and being able to help out your teammates more. What's that kind of transition in your own game been like where you can contribute not only off your own stick, but setting up the player or finding a teammate and, and helping them score as well a little more? Well, I think uh, uh, that's, you know, it's been, uh, I think the first first 10 games been uh, like it was last year. I was shooting most of the time. And then uh, you can uh, you can see that uh, some teams are, you know, trying to take my shot away, especially on the power play, which is okay. So, uh, which is that uh, we can take advantage too. So, so I'm just trying to, you know, uh, set up somebody else because, uh, you know, if I'm not open, there's still other guys that uh, they should be in a, uh, you know, scoring area. So, so, uh, and then it's, it's been working. So, so I never going to be probably a really playmaker, you know, but uh, I think uh, I'm not uh, a bad passer too. So I'm just trying to, you know, take whatever they give me. So sometimes it's just, you know, you got, uh, like I said, seven, eight shots and sometimes you get one, but you make uh, uh, other guys to, uh, to be in the scoring chance. So, so uh, obviously uh, still my mentality is to be, to be the shooter. But uh, right now is the opposite, and uh, I'm totally fine with that. So, so uh, it's, uh, as soon as the puck uh, is gonna be there, it doesn't matter who does, who's gonna score. Obviously, I want to be the guy. I want to be the guy who's uh, uh, who's gonna be shooting, who's gonna take the responsibility to shoot to the net. So, so but uh, if it's not there, you know, you gotta find a way to to produce to the other side. You've got so many young guys on this roster. I mean, you got to experience what a packed United center looked like last year and, and felt like and experienced that whole thing. Have, have you had those conversations with some of the guys this year? I know a lot of them know what they're missing out on, but maybe don't know to the level, uh, you know, it's it's nothing until you experience it, right, Burr? Yeah, right. Dominic knows that. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, some guys were asking, obviously, but, uh, you know, they saying, yeah, we heard about it. It's going to be great, but uh you know i think they do understand before they actually gonna have the chance to play there that uh you know kind of the pressure but the excitement there you know to uh to be on the ice you know to uh you know score a goal or uh, have a big win you know it's just something what uh you didn't realize until you uh you're actually on the ice so so uh yeah uh you know hopefully it's uh this kind of life is gonna is gonna be over soon, and uh, you know uh, we're pretty excited to have uh, to have fans in uh, in United Center soon, and and uh, you know play for them and make them happy. How is your How is your guy? I mean, you in particular. I know your teammates. How is your body feeling at this point? You're playing so many games. It's kind of the this is that kind of the, that tough point of the season where you was it twenty games left or so. Any any time you get into March, April, it's kind of coming down to the end, but you've still got a handful of games left. How are your guys' bodies feeling? How are you feeling right now? I'm feeling good, actually. I think it's, uh, you know, for some guys, it's better to play games than uh, than yeah. practice. So, uh, I mean, I think I'm the kind of guy, I don't really like to practice, like, so on the ice, you know, when you're going to go out there, you got to see, you need to sweat. And, you know, uh, I just like to uh, to play the games more, more than... Uh, so like actually this schedule this schedule is pretty good. Sometimes obviously it's enough. You you feel tired, you know, your your head is not there. So I'm trying to 
trying to you know clear your mind a little bit but there's uh, no time to do it so so uh, and especially in this time uh when you can can go out for dinner or you know you can't really do anything so uh that's that's pretty tough but but uh f- you know the good thing is that uh sometimes you have a bad game and uh you know the uh in the next two days you get a new game so you don't have to wait you know, uh, think about it too much, you know, you can just, just, uh, let it go and, uh, get ready for the ne- uh, next game because the, uh, the games are going so fast, which is, which is pretty good. But sometimes, like I said, uh, you're, you know, you're feeling tired, but, uh, you just need to find a way to, uh, to be, uh, to be ready each and every night. One of the unique storylines I think this year is not only you coming off of last season, but there's another new member of the team who's following in almost your identical footsteps and, and Pew Suter, who, you know, leads the Swiss league in scoring signs as a free agent with the Blackhawks comes over making his, uh, his having his rookie season this year, just like you did a year ago, almost a year behind you. How do you think he's doing so far? Is he living up to the Dominic Kubelik name and, and following that path, uh, as you hoped he would? Well, it's kind of nice that someone, uh, someone, uh, did kind of the same way, like I did, you know, uh, cause I remember we played, uh, against each other in the OHL. Then he came back to Swiss. I came back to Czech. So, uh, let's say pretty much exactly the same, same way, uh, like me. And, uh, he's, uh, he's playing well, you know, uh, I know how, how hard is it to, to, to be thrown to the water and you got to swim right away. So, so, uh, I think he's, uh, he's, he's playing well, obviously, uh, it makes it easier sometimes. So when I played with Taser and he's playing with Gainer. So, you know, you got that guy uh, next to you that, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's gonna take the responsibility on his chest, you know, so, uh, that's, that's gonna help him for sure. Cause, uh, that's how Taser helped me last year. So, so I'm really happy for him and, uh, uh, you know, we still got 20 games. So, uh, we just gotta both like keep going and I'm, I'm pretty sure he's gonna, uh, he's gonna have a good season. From the outside, it seems like this team now believes they're a playoff team. You guys believe you're a team that can play in the playoffs and compete in the playoffs. Um, a year ago, I'm not sure if that was, you know, the honest talk or not. But right now, that's that's real. And you guys are a can you guys are a contender. You're beating top teams. What's it going to take to make sure this team it makes it in the playoffs? I've read quotes from you and other guys saying it's going to be a battle. Nobody's going to run away with this thing. Nobody. It's going to come down to the end. What's it going to take for you guys? Well, uh, I think we gotta we gotta understand what's the way we we need to play. And that's, uh, I think, uh, most of the nights we've been doing, you know, the work ethic has to be there. You know, we're not going to be probably a team who's going to, you know, uh, dominate, you know, uh, every night. We just got to, you know, work, work, uh, be relentless, you know, just, you know, put uh, put pressure on the puck, be skating, you know, because we're a young team. So there's no excuses that we're not going to skate or we we don't have legs that night. That's not going to be there. So. So, uh, you know, we just got to understand like every guy in the locker room, what's, what's the, uh, what, what's going to bring us the success. And I think most of the nights this season, uh, we've been doing a great job. So, so, uh, obviously there's going to be nights when, you know, you're not feeling it and, you know, you know, puck's not, not going your way. So, but that's, uh, that's how it is. You just need to battle through. And I'm really, really happy that after two games against Nashville, we bounced back yesterday. And I think we showed that that uh you know uh everybody should come with us because uh uh i think everybody knows like what what was the you know kind of like the uh, final standings uh you know 
before the season, everybody knew that, uh, you know, Chicago is going to be last or, or whatever. And uh, I'm really happy that, uh, it, like, for me personally, it was motivation that, uh, you know, I, I want to be, you know, the guy who's going to say, okay, you guys were saying that, but look at it now. Yeah. So, so and that's, that's, I think, what's uh, bring us together. And uh, that's, you know, here we are right now, but it's still... The job is not done yet. We still got, uh, you know, games in our hands and we just got to take care of the business right now. How much does that camaraderie help with the group? I mean, you, you touched on it there of it kind of brings you together and everyone's kind of fighting for that same thing. But, you know, Burr and I have talked about a couple of times this season. It seems like you guys are having more fun than ever before out there. I mean, you have young guys scoring goals. You have Patrick Kane hitting a milestone almost every night. I mean, you have different things that are happening and it seems like, you guys are just going out there and having fun and the results are also following kind of with that mentality. I mean, how, how exciting is this group to be a part of this season just as a whole? Yeah, it's great when Kubi hits the milestone 100 games, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, obviously, you know, like you talk about the milestones, it's like for us, like younger guys, like I don't really feel like a young guy anymore because, uh, you know, with my age, I'm not really – but uh, that's what it is. But uh, you know, to be to be on the ice or uh, on the team with, uh, with a guy like Kainer, you know, who's got you know thousand games, uh, thousand points, or over thousand points, you know, four hundred goals, which is which is incredible. You know, it's it's, it's great to be uh, to be around him and uh, you know, kind of be be with him, you know, in uh, in those situations. And I think uh, for the young guys, it's uh, sometimes it's uh, you know easier when you don't really think about it too much. You know, you just go out there having fun playing a game you love, which is uh, which is the best you can do because sometimes sometimes you uh, you know uh, when the team is older, you know there's you know I would say the structure is you know the guys are uh, doing what they can, but uh, right now you can see that. Like the younger guys are, I'm not saying they're doing whatever they want, but like you can see that they enjoying the game. You know, they they happy that they can be here. You know, they they doing whatever, you know, uh, to bring the success. You know, and uh, I think that's uh, you know just kind of like came together and and it's working. So so we're very happy with that. And uh, like I said, we still got uh, a lot of games in front of us, but uh, uh, we just we just got to stick with it. You're you've got the league's attention now. You're getting a lot of top matchups. You get tough defensive matchups against teams tops D. Now, uh, who's the top D in the league right now? Who do you not like playing against? I know when I was playing, it was Weber, Chara, and probably Barrett Jackman in St. Louis. Three tough guys that I didn't get the top matchups like you got. But if they got stuck out there against me, I, I didn't like playing against. Is there a couple guys in the league right now that you're like, those guys are tough to play against? Uh, for sure, for me. Uh, the best defenseman in the league is uh, is Hadman from Tampa. Mm, He's uh, yeah. all over a player. You know he can do he can do everything. Which is you know, I remember the, the last game like uh, I kind of like for the first time my career tried to do like a toe track. Like I'm <laughs> just I don't even know why I did that, but <laughs> and uh, like I actually put the puck there and then was you know I still had to beat him too. I was like, like some guys, you know, you just make it one move and, you know, the body is gone. But, uh, you know, he has a, such a long reach and, you know, his body position is great. So, so uh, yeah, for me, he is, uh, he is the best. And, you know, there is Yossi. Uh, there is a couple, couple more guys for sure. But, uh, you know, like the guy who's going to, who's stuck in my head is probably him. 
What about on your team, quick? What you got to do a one-on-one in practice, all the way down the ice, a drill that you just hate doing. Which which defenseman are you like? Oh gosh, I hate that. Hey, Strom, you take this guy. You go one-on-one against him. I don't want to go down against which defenseman on your team. I don't really want to go against Murph for sure. Like he's uh, <laughs> he he's tough too. But uh, but on the other side, I don't really want to go against the younger guys because they're just trying too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're going after you. <laughs> yeah. We had Murph on the show last week. Just real quick before we let you go, uh, Burrish and I were talking. You know, it seems like he kind of always flies under the radar. He's someone who maybe doesn't get the accolade, but just always coming through for the group. I think in Tuesday's game, he played almost ten minutes in that third period. How how crucial is he back there? And obviously, someone that you said you don't want to go up against uh, in, in those drills in practice. I had a bad uh, signal. I didn't hear uh, who who, who are you talking about. Murphy. Murphy. Oh, obviously, you know, uh, he's a, he's an animal, you know, uh, he is, uh, he always, when he's on the ice, you know, that something's going to happen. If he's going to finish someone or he's going to make five blocks in one shift or something, he just, uh, puts his body in a position. There is no one's going to shoot there, you know? So, uh, I think he, uh, he's, he's a very important part of our team and, uh, especially, especially in the defense and, uh, and then, uh, in the PK. So, so, uh, yeah, tough to play against him in the practice, uh, even tougher in the game. So so uh, we need those guys. Well, Murph's tough to play against for the opposing teams. We know that the opposing teams don't like playing against you either, especially that slap shot you've got on the power play. I don't mm-hmm. know. I wouldn't want to be in front of that uh, for, for any amount of money. That's you got a cannon there on the power play. But Dominic Kublik, we appreciate the time today. Uh, we'll let you get going. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Busy schedule coming up for you guys, but uh, we appreciate the time, and uh, it's great catching up with you once again. Thank you so much. Have a good one, guys. That will do it for this week's episode. A reminder that if you want to take part in the next Ask Burr segment, you can always send your questions to insider at blackhawks.com. That's insider at blackhawks.com. For Dominic Kublik and Adam Burrish, I'm Carter Baum. We'll see you next time on Blackhawks Insider, presented by Chevy Drive Chicago. Drive what Kane and Taves drive.